Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. In the last 12 months, it's fair to say there's been a whirlwind for cryptocurrency. As a result, the global blockchain and crypto market is expected to rise to get this $39.7 billion by 2025. So just what is cryptocurrency? How do you invest in it? What does the future look like? And are there still some opportunities to be had? I'm sitting down with Kevin Murko, CEO of Coin Metro, to ask these very questions. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna. 
money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Oh, my friend, you are going to be so happy you're tuning into this episode. After endless questions coming my way about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, I decided it might make sense to seek out a few experts to bring it all to life for us in a really fun multi-episode series. So we're going to be covering everything you need to know from the basics to more advanced stuff in this series. So make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button and the podcast player you're listening to right now just to make sure you get all of these upcoming episodes. But in this first episode, I had the pleasure to chat with Kevin, a literal genius when it comes to all things crypto and Bitcoin. We are covering so much in this episode. What is causing crypto market to blow up? How to start investing? What his projections are for crypto in the next few years? And why he says crypto is the next big wealth building opportunity for us all. So set aside some time. This is an interview where you're going to want to take some notes and come back to. Let's go. I, I wanted to start out, I've, I've skimmed through a lot of your YouTube videos, and I thought this would be a great place. I, I saw a video that you did um, entitled, Can Bitcoin Make You Rich? And I'd love to just start out with that question because everybody's talking about Bitcoin. Everyone feels like they need to have it and like it's the crystal ball answer. So can Bitcoin make us rich? Sure. Great, great question to start with, I guess, especially for those that have been watching the news, I guess, and, and probably seeing, you know, numbers on CNN that have expanded greatly over the past, you know, year and a half. Um, I, I would say my answer to that question always is any investment can make you rich, but also pretty much any investment can also make you poor. So it's not it's not so much the, you know, the asset has appreciated massively over the last 10 years. It's it's appreciate it's appreciated massively over the last 10 months. Uh, right. However, uh, it really depends on you know how you're getting in and out of a market. It is it is a speculative asset, so it, it it is volatile, which means you may buy it today and it may be worth significantly less tomorrow. Um, those that have really profited from Bitcoin have been those that aren't your traditional investor or trader. They're the type of people that bought and kind of joined the club, so to speak, and became you know Bitcoiners or or became really involved in crypto and held throughout lots and lots of dips, lots and lots of volatility. And they, they got lucky and they came out the other end, uh, a lot of them rich. Um, but really at the end of the day, it's, it's really about understanding, I guess, uh, risk thresholds and your, the, your own ability to, to deal with risk and your own ability to deal with those ups and downs of a market. Because even though many people may have become rich, I can absolutely guarantee you that on the other side of the equation, Many people lost money in Bitcoin because they bought yeah. at, they bought and sold at the wrong times. So it, it really is something you kind of have to look internally at yourself first to understand what type of investor you may be, and then actually put that to the test because you may you may think that you would have been able to hell hold Bitcoin for ten years from pennies uh, to dozens of thousands of dollars, but most people can't do that. Um, so yes, Bitcoin can make you rich. Crypto can make you rich. A Tesla investment could have made you rich. An investment in Apple 20 years ago could have made you rich. But would it have made you rich is really, I think, the bigger question. I like that. And I, I like talking about the risk. I guess my follow question to that is, is investing in crypto or Bitcoin, is that inherently more risky than just if we would buy Apple stock or Google stock or whatever that might be? Is there more risk involved? 
So it really depends on the type of risk we're talking about. So when we talk about just risk of volatility, meaning that today an asset is worth you know X and tomorrow it's worth X plus one or X minus one. Yeah, so there's going to be some fluctuation. In that respect, historically, crypto is much more volatile than your standard blue chip stock like Apple or IBM or Coca-Cola, et cetera. However, in recent times, if people have been watching the news, you know, you've seen things like um, these guys from Reddit, right? The, 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 yeah. the Wall Street crew that, that came in and pushed GameStop stock uh, up to levels it's never seen, basically overvaluing the company by leaps and bounds. What happened after that? The kind of the, the lows, the highs. Most people did lose money, um, even though it may have looked differently. Most people were trading options, which is a, a very complex trading instrument that if you're not really, if you don't really understand how it works, you, you almost, you almost, almost 100% of the time are going to lose money. Um, so I would say that from that, from the aspect of volatility, historically speaking, uh, yes, it would be, it would be riskier. However, putting in context what's happening and what's happened over the last six months, year, year and a half, because of COVID, because of all these macroeconomic issues that are happening around the world, I would say equities and, and some more traditional investments are becoming also more risky in, in terms of volatility. When you talk about uh, other aspects like, um, let's say, long-term strength of a portfolio, or whether you talk about risks that, are really, that really come down to one's ability to uh, make a decision and stick with it, there really is no difference. And I, I, I used to be in the FX business. I ran a regulated FX broker for years. Uh, I used to teach people how to trade FX. You know, you don't need to be, uh, let's say, a rocket, a rocket. Uh, I was going to say rocket scientist or brain surgeon to to trade. However, it does take a long. It does take time to be able to train yourself to be able to sit on your hands after you make a plan and you stick to that plan. One mm -hmm. of the things that I usually tell people about that is, you know, they if they made a book called Brain Surgery for Dummies. And you're, you know, someone in your family, let's say your mother needed to have brain surgery. You probably aren't going to read that book. Well, not even read it, right? Read the cliff notes, like read the glossary, page 7, 12, 19, 125, and 187, and say, I got this, and crack your mom's skull open and, you know, have at it. That's probably not going to happen. At least a sane person probably wouldn't do that. But that's exactly what most people think trading is. They'll buy a book, or they'll watch, a, you know, an AMA or a YouTube video or whatever, or listen to a podcast and say, I got this. You know, if this guy can do that, I can do it. And they jump in and 90% of those people lose their money. And they do that more than once. And so when it comes to that type of risk, where it's just you, somebody not being, not having a plan, not sticking to the plan and not, and not having enough experience in investing to understand that sticking to the plan is really 90% of the game, then regardless of what you invest in, you're going to see the same amount of risk. So I think, you know, the, the caveat that most people say, you know, don't invest money you need to like pay your rent, that, that goes in any investment. If you're investing money you need tomorrow, that's not called investing. That's called gambling. And you need to separate those two because investing generally means long term. Now, you can get lucky. You can invest in something and the next day it triples in price. And, you know, you feel like, you know, you're, you, you know what you're doing. And then, you know, then now you're going to start investing all over the place because you feel you have like, you know, the lucky, a lucky streak. Uh, but most investments are long term. So I think when it comes to volatility, absolutely crypto is more is going to be more risky than your average investment. But when it comes to just mindset, it's no different than anything else. 
I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think what you're what you're talking about is really important. This idea of having a plan, no matter what you're investing in, you need a plan of when you're getting in and when you're getting out. And so many people don't have that plan. Like you said, they just listen to a podcast episode or an AMA or YouTube video and feel like they've got it figured out. So I guess the follow-up question to that is, how do you construct a plan around investing in crypto or Bitcoin? How do you begin to even start that plan? Sure. So I, I think the first step is probably pretty obvious. And you need to know where you want to end up, right? You don't, I remember when I was a kid, we still, you know, AAA, when you were going to go on a trip, you'd go to AAA and you'd get a, a trip tick, you know, that you'd go and they right. map out your trip. Yeah. So, you know, when you're going to start your journey, usually you want to know where, you, where you're going to end up. Uh, you know, you can, I guess you could have one of those crazy weekends with friends. You just get in the car and drive and see what happens. But generally those don't end up all that, you know, that, that usually ends up being a bit of a nightmare <laughs> at the end of the day. So it's good if you're going to get in the car, you know, you're going to get in the driver's seat to, to, you know, move to, to play around with your money and your future, you should know where you want to end up. So having goals in mind is kind of step number one, understand what you want to do. If your goal is to take you know, $100 and turn it into a million, that's going to be a much different plan. Uh, and, and you may never reach that plan, but that's going to be a much different plan than taking a million and making 10% a year off of it. You know, they're two very different plans. And so first, it's, it's setting your expectations, setting your plan, understanding where you want to go. Is this for retirement? Is this for cash flow? Is this to try and just, you know, kind of take a, you know, take a, take a gamble or take a punt like the, like, like the, like the boys in the UK would say? And just attempt to try and make some money. And this is kind of money that you can lose and it's not going to upset, you know, your lifestyle. You're not going to not pay your rent. Like I said, you're not going to not eat for a week. Um, so it depends. And all those things have value, you know, in a, in, a, in a solid investment portfolio, you will have investments that you, you know are inherently risky that may turn out to zero tomorrow, but they may go up 100x tomorrow. And that's fine. That, that should be in every portfolio. But there should also be things that generally you're putting money in that, that you know is safer and, and that you can maybe put a little more money into those options. So I think yeah, the first thing is know where you want to go and then start to set your goals. And once you do that, it's about then finding assets uh, and, and, and asset classes that fit into those different goals. I would say for inexperienced investors, you know, historically speaking, and, and I hate to say this, but history isn't always the best guide for the future. but it's one of the things you can look at to try and figure out, you know, what's going to happen. So historically speaking, equities like your Dow, your NASDAQ, your CAC, your FTSE, your Nikkei, depending on where you are in the world, generally increase by 8 to 12% a year, year on year, on average, every year. And the stock market is created in a way, or stock markets in general, are created in a way that people end up becoming what crypto people would call hodlers people that hold on for dear life. So you put money in the stock market and you leave it there. That's what 401ks are. You know, that's what pension plans do. And that's why the market continues to usually over time, at least on average, increase that eight to 12% a year because people are trained to put money in and not really take it out until maybe you hit retirement or you have some long-term goal. And crypto is similar in that there's this hodl mentality, this hold on for dear life, hold, you know, buy and hold. <laughs> Uh, and it, it is more volatile, but there, there's, it's, it, there's, there's very, there's a similarity between let's say traditional markets and, and crypto. So you then have to decide, you know, where's my risk tolerance? Am I, am I willing to take, if you're younger, you can usually take more risk. So if you're in your twenties, early thirties, and you're just starting out, 
you could lose everything you invest. You know, let's say you invest 10% of your paycheck, 15% of your paycheck depends again on that's not necessarily due to risk. That's more about what you're willing to invest, you know, and take away from what the lifestyle you may have temporarily to try and build a better life in the future. That percentage you can, you know, in your twenties, you can potentially put on high risk and, and just go for it and see if you can get a five X, 10 X, 20 X. I mean, if you lose that money, it's not really going to change your life. However, the older you get or the more conservative you are, you know, your, your style changes, your plan changes. So setting a plan, looking at asset classes, looking at trying to put a small percentage of your money in higher risk assets, which generally can give a higher return and finding uh, less, less risky assets to place additional funds. Now, some people have all their money in crypto. I, I've met many people uh, that wow. I, I would even consider some of them slightly conservative that have a portfolio that's almost entirely crypto and Bitcoin becomes, let's say, the safe haven asset. Um, and I don't know if I would generally agree with that from a high level. However, uh, if you look at history, like I said, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself all the time. But if you look at history, it's 200% compounded interest on average year on year for 10 years. That you're, you're never going to find an asset that's done that in the history of mankind. Um, whether it continues to do that is a question. But it also gives people uh, some 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 foundation to where they believe that that's now kind of like the gold of the crypto market, and all your micro caps and small caps or your altcoins, your smaller assets, are the volatile and more risky assets. So anyway, I think you know I it's it's different for everyone. So it's not like you know I couldn't give you an answer that potentially could be the perfect answer for everyone listening. Uh, but the first, the first thing you absolutely need to do is set a plan and understand your risk tolerance. And that can take some time. So that's the place to start. Once you do that, it's about in, in doing some research and understanding where the high risk assets that you want to invest in are. That could be crypto. Where medium risk assets are that you may want to invest in. That also could be crypto. And where some low risk assets might be that you might want to invest in. Whether those be equities, whether it be gold, silver, something that more than likely will hold its value over time. Um, and create a well-balanced portfolio and learn to sit on those hands. Meaning you, you set your goal. Your goal is, you know, 20 years you want to retire. Well, don't look at charts every day. You know, you set a goal, so you need to stick to it. Wow. So much good information in there. And as you were talking about people being almost, some people being almost 100% invested in crypto, I, I, I'm curious like, what are the primary determinants that are really driving the value? I know um, we've got Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, so many companies just kind of popping up here right and left lately that are starting to accept crypto. Do you think the the value that's driving crypto, like, is that going to even shift as maybe there's more mainstream adoption? What do you think is going to happen there? So I think, you know, generally in markets, any type of market, it's always, you know, supply and demand that drive markets and that there's no difference between any other market and crypto in that sense. There's also fundamentals that drive markets, which means things that happen like news. For instance, if you're in a stock and the stock and the company that, 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 that is issuing that stock has the best quarter they've ever had in the history of their business, that fundamental news is probably going to drive demand, thus price will probably increase. And those same kind of fundamentals drive crypto. It's no different than any other market. What, what I think happens with, you know, what you're seeing now with this kind of, I would say, institutional demand, and now larger companies like Visa, like JP Morgan, like Fidelity, um, like Tesla, 
uh, either coming in on the buy side, meaning they're buying into assets like Bitcoin, or they're coming in on the tech side, the technology side, or they're driving the market in other ways, like accepting those current, like accepting those assets as some form of payment, or they're allowing their clients to invest in or or jump into that market and or hold assets from that market. All these things create fundamental demand because they show people that this probably isn't a fad that you know what you may have heard a year ago 2 years ago 5 years ago 10 years ago might not actually be true and it does drive a bit of you know what the industry likes to call fomo so fear of missing out which is also a bit of fundamental drive because people now feel that they're missing the boat and that they need to get in now that's that's by the way that's one of the worst things you can do as an investor you should always try and maintain a objective a subjective mindset when you when you get into investing you should never be you should never FOMO into an investment. You should never feel like you're missing out. Um, you know, think about the way the stock market functions in that, um, you know, that eight to 12% a year. If you got in last year, okay, well, you missed eight to 12%. Sure, if, if you could have got in 100 years ago, you would have had already X amount of percent, but you didn't. But next year, if you get that same 12% and the year after that, you know, in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to be in a better place than you are now. And so I think that what happens is people, the fact that people are seeing this is one reason why price is incrementing. That's for sure. Uh, What drives price in any market is always the same thing. And what most markets at the end of the day, fundamentals, technicals, all these things are hype driven. They're driven by human nature. So one, there's the greed element. And, you know, greed is, is, uh, is something that I say humanity shares and some level, some people are greedier than others, but greed exists in all of us. And especially when you're trying to build something for your family, build a foundation, that can be something that is a, that is a driver for a lot of people and not greed, not necessarily in a bad sense, but that, you know, you, you want to make something, you know, you want to make a better life for your family. You want to be able, and you see this market as a way to do that. And that's, that's, that's when you jump in the, the, the way markets are constructed um, every market's constructed the same. So I do think we are going to see additional institutional demand. The fact that COVID, COVID and this entire kind of global health crisis and what I would say is a much larger, soon to come, global fundamental economic crisis that we really haven't seen yet, but we will see at some point, uh, is a major driver for institutional money going into crypto. Why? Well, pretty simple. You have a, a, the dollar, for example, not just the dollar, but we'll use a dollar as an example. You have the dollar that's lost about 90%, 96, 97% of its value over the last 100 years in terms of purchasing power. And it's, it is an inflationary currency, so it's supposed to lose its value. It's literally designed to lose its value. However, you get to the point where you have a crisis like this, where you've printed more money literally in a year than you've ever printed in the history of mankind. Uh, that's going to that's going to be followed up with an inflationary currency by some form of inflation, and that inflation can be quick and drastic when it comes. Now, the the government can continue to print money. That's for sure. They can print money forever. Uh, however, at some point, that will come home to roost, and companies are seeing risk now. Used to be that you would run to cash when you saw a market risk. So, if there was some kind of fundamental something fundamental moving the markets, let's say some major crisis in Asia. Or there's a la- there's a shortage of aluminum for cars. There is a f- that would cause uh, some turbulence in the U.S. market because it's a big 
uh, a market driven by by auto for, for or, or there's a crisis in the housing market because there's a termite infestation in in, in the in, in lumber and right. housing is one of the biggest drivers in the US so normally you would see things like this and companies historically would pull out of their investments and go to cash they might not go to US dollars they may have gone to Swiss francs in the past Japanese yen whatever but they would go to cash now cash looks like a risk like like it like a risk asset so they need somewhere else to go. And there really isn't anywhere to go. There isn't, there isn't so many, there isn't, I can't really name many to be honest. There is gold. Okay. There is silver. Yes. Um, however, um, those markets are extremely liquid, which means the price isn't going to move because a couple billion or even hundreds of billions of, of, of dollars in gold is bought and sold. So there really isn't any much upside potential. There's a bit of store of value potential, meaning that 10 years from now, hopefully you'd still have generally the same amount of money you have. People look at gold and see that it increments in price and think that they're making money. Not really. Um, I I bought gold in 2005 for $260, roughly. My grandfather bought gold in the 80s for $890. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, even buying it with 2005 for 200, it's now worth what it's worth, uh, six, seven X, eight X, maybe now at this point, um, in 20 years and, you know, in 15 years that, that that's basically moving with inflation and the devaluation of the dollar. So you didn't really make money. I mean, you, you felt like you did, but not really. Uh, so that's, so they're looking for assets where they can place money that potentially not only can store value, but can also increase in value faster than de- the the deflation of the underlying fiat currency or the under the dollar in this case. And there's really no game in town, so that's why Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I expect that to continue as we start as through this you know macroeconomic crisis that we've kind of not yet seen. Um, and I don't think that's going to slow down retail involvement either. And you know at some point we will stop seeing so much volatility. As we get more and more institutional money in, you won't see 200% compounded year on year forever. It's impossible. So at some point that will calm down and you will probably end up seeing in the crypto markets what you see now in equity markets, 8 to 12% a year, year on year, pension money going in, 401ks going in. You won't see so many altcoins doing 100, or you probably see none really. What you'll see in crypto is what you've seen in equities, which is if anybody has ever invested in equities or maybe even saw the movie uh, um, Wolf of Wall Street, right? So Wolf of Wall Street talks about pink sheets. Those are penny stocks, right? And the pink sheet market was pretty big back in the 80s and 90s. The pink sheet market is the altcoin market right now. It is generally unregulated and things can move very fast. People can make a lot of money and also lose it. Um, But now pink sheets are more regulated and you don't necessarily see what you saw in penny stocks 20 years ago. You don't see that now. You see some, there are some big movers now and again, but you really don't see what you used to. That's what's going to happen to crypto markets. They will become uh, more stabilized. So my whole point about this very long answer to a relatively short question is to say that uh, the reason why there's so much potential right now in crypto is because it's, it's novel, it's new. When it becomes less new and more money flows in, there will be opportunities for much longer term investments like there are in equities now. But there won't be the same velocity of potential gains that we currently see, at least on average. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? 
If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot -E -E com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. 
When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. You know, there are so many new cryptos that kind of pop up. Like, what percentage do you think will ultimately end up uh, end up failing as this becomes more mainstream? And are do you think certain, like, if this is even a thing, do you think certain cryptocurrencies will buy out other cryptocurrencies? if that even exists? Sure. So I think one thing I would say is that most, I don't, I don't really consider any crypto a currency. I know that, I know that people do spend them, uh, but I, I would yeah. say they're more, a, they're assets. We, we should look at them more like equities. They are, they are assets rather than currencies, especially those small you know, tokens or uh, let's call them micro caps or altcoins, or there's other vernacular. Uh, we're not going to say that on this program because uh, Maybe we have some younger people listening and families, but uh, there are other vernaculars that they use to describe uh, altcoins quite famously. Um, I think, you know, the I, there will be mergers and acquisitions. So if you look at it from a, just a standard traditional mindset, absolutely, there will be companies that buy other companies and thus take over, you know, their, their asset, their utility asset or their altcoin or whatever they may have uh, when those, when those assets get purchased. That's a, that's already happening and has already happened. Um, in terms of you know failure versus success, I think these numbers are pretty universal throughout everything in life. So it's like if you were to ask everybody, when you're three years old, when you're five years old and someone says, what do you want to do for a living, right? If you ask 50 kids, boys or girls, you're going to get probably five answers, right? It may be 10. 
there'll be a few of those dreamers that want to be baseball or football or basketball stars, both boys and girls. They'll be the presidents, you know, uh, and they'll, you know, so you take those as outliers. But when you focus on, let's say, the normal jobs that kids think they want to do, it's going to be doctor, lawyer, policeman, fireman, right. teacher, right? Right, right. And how many of those kids actually end up achieving that goal that they set when they're five? Probably 5%, maybe. Uh, and the, if you think about small businesses, how many small businesses succeed? Somewhere between 5 and 15%. How many uh, companies on even in the stock market succeed might be slightly higher than that just because there's kind of a benchmark you need to reach to get into the stock market at first. But it's not that it it, it would be a surprising number to many people. Many, many, many businesses, even listed ones fail. The The same can be said for crypto. So the vast majority of altcoins or tokens will end up failing. And that's just that just happens in like i said in almost every every piece of life um in order to succeed in life you can't you, you just don't you, you can't give up but it's pretty easy to give up right so m- most most people most businesses end up giving up that dream and that's why they fail so uh the failure rate is high but it's 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 not any it's not dissimilar to the failure rate in any other business or or, or whether that be in finance or any other industry for that matter i think the most important thing that people need to do is just do the research I, I think the this this ICO bubble that happened in 2017. You know, the idea that you can, as a small business, an SME, a small medium sized enterprise, be able to raise money from the public uh, by creating an asset pretty much out of thin air, and then use the money that 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 you get from selling this asset to make a business that potentially then drives value into the asset to repay those people that contributed to your success without having to give up equity or control of your company is probably one of the best things that crypto has given to us to date. And the reason why it was frowned upon afterward, well, from a regulation standpoint, there's one thing. From the other side, it's that people equate 90% failure to failure. Like it, it didn't work because 90% of those companies failed. Well, right. not really. Bank. There's a lot of businesses that default on loans. That doesn't mean the loan business is a bad business, nor does it mean that loaning money is something you shouldn't do. It's just that's that's what happens. So it you know the media takes control and, and kind of turns a good thing into a bad thing. So I would say that you, know, you need to do research. I, from my standpoint, I've invested in a lot of companies, both in crypto and outside over the years. I've also had people invest in me, and as an investor. You know what? What you really need to look at are the people, especially in small companies. Don't look. The product is great. The service they want to offer, fantastic. They obviously need to know what they're doing, but you're investing in people. So if if you if you look at the people behind a project and you're not confident in those people, don't invest in the project. Simple as that. And always use that rule that um, you know if you know people. The worst one of the other things you can do beside kind of having this mindset that uh, if I would have. If I would have invested ten thousand dollars in Tesla four years ago, when my buddy told me that, if I would have bought Bitcoin back in two thousand ten, don't ever play the if game. You'll always lose um, because you know hindsight is twenty twenty, and anybody can do that. That's easy. It's hard to make a decision, and so you know understand that most people that talk about making that decision actually did everything wrong because. If you were, if you would have bought Bitcoin at ten cents and it went to a dollar, you should have sold ninety percent of it. If you're a good investor, if you held on to it, you're not a good investor. You're a gambler, but you got lucky. 
So, you know, I, I think it, it really depends on the way you look at things. But, you know, do your research, talk to other people, investigate, get into Telegram, get into all those different places where, where the, what's great about this market is that it's so open. You know, you, you can't go in a Telegram group and talk about Coca-Cola stock. There's no real place you can go to ask, should you get in Tesla now? You, maybe you can go to Reddit now, I guess, because that, that is a thing now. But um, not that Reddit's been a thing for a while, but being talking about stocks on Reddit. But t- crypto is such a community at large that it really allows you to really dig in deep. You can really get a lot of information and, and, and you really should make sure that you feel you know, confident in, in, in who's behind that business or project before you make the leap. Yeah. So I, I, are there other places or other best ways to keep up on cryptos, like especially if you're a beginner and just starting out and trying to learn this? Sure. I, I would say te- Telegram is a great place. Uh, now, how do you get to Telegram? Well, um, I wouldn't suggest just going around and trying to jump into random Telegram groups because you'd probably end up losing all your money before you even start. Uh, but, you know, getting into getting into crypto, like I said, it is it is very community centric. And there are lots of groups. Reddit is one of them as well. Twitter. Crypto Twitter might not be it could be the worst place or the best place to start, depending on your mindset. But crypto Twitter, meaning I don't mean there's a Twitter called crypto. There's not a crypto Twitter. It's it's Twitter. It's just a subset, I would say, of Twitter that that talks all day about crypto. I think finding finding some crypto voices inside of Twitter and then starting there, because it's pretty easy to find. You can do a quick search for Bitcoin or or you know some other crypto term, and you'll you'll find you'll find the big boys, the guys, the, the Anthony Pompliano's and the um, you know, and, and, and let's say, well, there's, there's, there's a ton of, that's the first one that came to my mind. I'm not sure why, but a shout out to Anthony Pompliano. Um, <laughs> if he's listening, right. <laughs> if he's listening. Um, but so you, you'll, you'll find a lot of people talking about crypto and then you'll buy that, by that you will find inside of comments, inside of tweets, you will find links to projects, to telegram channels, to websites that'll lead you to telegram channels, to groups that discuss you can, I mean, to be fair, you could even contact me on Telegram and I can put you in the direction of a few groups. It doesn't mean that everything is, that is communicated in these groups obviously means you should invest in them. But there are, there are some good voices out there that do do research. Doesn't mean they're 100% accurate. If you find someone that says they're 100% accurate, they are lying or they're just too new. Uh, once you've been around, you know, you can get in the Hall of Fame for baseball by hitting one ball out of every three, out of every three thrown at you and you're in the Hall of Fame. Um, so don't expect that someone, you know, no one gets, no one gets a hundred percent. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, people will, you know, so be, be diligent of that as well. Um, but I think Twitter is a good place to start because it's one of the easiest to access. Reddit can be a bit hard to deal with at first. Um, it can get really trolly on Reddit and, and, you know, once you're kind of in the game, you might, you can understand that. And maybe at that point you can deal with it. Twitter can get trolly as well, but a little less. And I think it's a bit more open. So I would say start there. Again, you can you can find me on on, on Twitter. You can find me on Telegram. Uh, it's pretty easy. It's just my name. I don't try to hide behind some other moniker. Or I didn't make up some cool name for myself. It's literally just my name. Um, and and I can I can help put you in the right direction. But but yeah, you have to stay open minded. You have to read as much as you can. You know, you don't like I said, don't FOMO into anything. Don't jump in because you think you're going to miss the band. We all Bitcoin's already you know sixty k. Well, so what. Um, the point is, is that you want to get into an asset that'll appreciate over time. And that doesn't mean you need to put all your money into Bitcoin. You know, if you want to get into crypto with a certain amount, Bitcoin might be, you know, a mainstay for you, 
but it is it is okay to play around in those those more riskier those more riskier altcoins those more more riskier micro and and, and small caps. Um, but you need to do your research. Simple as that. Yeah, I'm super curious. Um, this probably could be a three hour conversation, but h- how did you get into crypto? What is, what has your journey been like that led you to Coin Metro? Sure. So my my journey is probably um, I would say unique in a few ways, but. I so I I was an entrepreneur since about the age of 14, 13, 14. Um my last job that I had, I think I was 17. Um I I I knew from a very young age that I didn't want to be someone's employee. And mainly because both of my parents were blue kind of, you know, blue-collar workers. Um and they both had to do not, you know, nine to fives. They both came home late all the time and were tired and uh, you know, always were stressed out and complaining. And I decided from a young age that that wasn't going to be me. And I didn't know how that wasn't going to be me. Um, I, I, I thought maybe education was, was, was the way I would get there. And I, did, I, I applied for colleges out of high school. I did very well in school. I had a, I had a very good memory. And you know, I was able to kind of pack in a lot of information. And where I didn't know what I, what I needed to know, I was good enough to make someone think I knew what I needed to know. So I had I had a gift for being able to express myself and elaborate on things, even if I only read the cliff notes. And so school was relatively easy for me. And but the you know, I I applied to college, but then I made a decision that I wanted to go into business. So I didn't go to college and go to university, not saying that my life may have turned out way different. It may have been way better. I have no idea. I'm not against education at all. In fact, I love education. But I think for me, self-education was the way to go. So I, I had a whole lot of businesses. I tried out everything. I mean, from real estate to retail to uh, food and beverage to service, all kinds of things. And I ended up stumbling into FX trading back in the early 2000s, late 90s, actually, before it was regulated, very similar to what crypto was two or three years ago. And I just fell in love. And when I say fell in it was kind of like a love-hate relationship because I, I lost a lot of money. In the first six, I lost all the money I invested probably more than three times, maybe four times, maybe even five. And I, I have a, it's either a gift. Well, it's been a gift in my life, but through parts of my life, it definitely wasn't, it didn't feel like a gift. And that's, I don't know how to give up. So no matter how much, you know, bad things get thrown at me, if I have a goal, I will keep going. And that can, that can make you lose friends and family and lots of things. <laughs> but what it, but a determination is something that I've always had. So I just kept going and eventually figured out how, how, to, how to do better, how to make money, started trading for other people, started um, uh, managing client relationships, ended up doing a bit, even bit of desk trading, uh, um, uh, indirectly linked uh, to bank tr- uh, desk trading for FX, and then ended up owning my own brokerage. Um, and went down that journey. And then at some point, after about nine years of that business, owning my own broker, I started to get a bit, uh, I was tired of FX, not, not the business. I still love the business. I love numbers. I like the challenge because I like dealing with people. I like helping people kind of understand how markets work because most people have no idea. And the problem was, is that the industry itself got monotonous. Everybody was a salesman. Everybody lied to everybody else. Everybody knew everybody was lying to everybody else, but they still accepted the lies. And it just became, you know, really hard for me to get up in the morning with a smile on my face. And crypto had this community aspect to it. I had gone to a few meetings. I had, I started mining Bitcoin in 2009, read the Bitcoin white paper, was fascinated. 
I can't say that I understood everything when I read it the first time or, or where it was going to go or where it would be in 10 years or 15 years. But I immediately thought of all the, I would say, inadequacies of capital markets. The fact that capital markets are antiquated, old, don't really work. People don't have access to them. They're expensive. They're slow. And thought, this, this is probably a solution for that. And so I set up a miner on an iMac computer in the corner of my office, mined a whole ton of Bitcoin at first. I didn't hold it uh, because I am a trader, unfortunately. Um, but uh, but I, I mined a lot of Bitcoin. And then it was just a personal thing, like a hobby. And then around 2014 or 15, clients were asking me to trade Bitcoin. I was trying to figure out how to do that on my FX platform. I couldn't find a viable liquidity provider, someone that could provide liquidity so people could trade. And so I, I, I wanted to move forward with that, but I couldn't. Then in 2017, I decided to make a split from FX. And that's when I started focusing more on crypto. And the original idea of just adding liquidity kind of changed because the market itself was very immature. I would say it still is in many ways. Yeah. But the market participants were very immature and there was no service. You know, finance in general has really bad service. I mean, I've never called, I've never called up a bank, a credit card, or uh, you know a mortgage company and got off the phone and said wow that was an amazing experience 100% yes never ever as i don't think it's ever happened in the history of of banking i don't think anybody's ever had that ex- i've had experiences where it was mediocre and i got off and said well that could have been worse um, you know where because they actually solved my problem in 45 minutes of hold time rather than 3 hours but i've never right. had a good experience so my focus in in finance has always been trying to give the private banking experience to you know, normal people, because why shouldn't they have that experience? They actually pay way more for the services than the private banker does in terms of you know percentages. So why shouldn't they have the same service? And so that that was the premise for the FX business. It was the premise then for the crypto business. And then the idea was to build. And you know this this will fall on deaf ears for anyone that didn't grow up in the U.S. But growing up in the U.S., I remember you know late '90s, mid to late '90s. Every day you would go out to the mailbox, there would be 745 AOL CDs inside your mailbox. (laughs) And I couldn't understand for the life of me, even at that age, how these people stayed in business. Because it's like you got the Sunday paper, there was 15, literally, in the Sunday paper, 15 discs. And, you know, eventually you just used AOL because, well, you were kind of forced to. You felt like you you had to at some point because they just invested so much money in throwing these CDs at you. I, I used to actually play Frisbee. We used to have, I used to play with my friends like dodgeball with AOL CDs. That's how many would show up, you know? Uh, so what, you know, at that, we get on AOL. I was already on the internet because I was a bit of a geeky kid and I, I like to mess around with stuff. So I had a baud modem and, you know, it just, I would, I would, I would geek out. We used to do phone freaking with friends. It was, anyway, it, it, long story short, nobody else was on the internet. My mother wasn't on it. My grandmother definitely wasn't on it. Not even most of my friends were on it because they couldn't understand how to use it and didn't understand why they would use it. But AOL changed that. AOL made the internet easy. It made it friendly. You've got mail, became a thing. Uh, people, were, oh, I can actually use this to do something. And they started to use it. And, and that, whole, that whole fear of, I don't understand how it works. Uh, maybe I'm going to get my, you know, maybe I'm going to talk to the wrong person. Maybe it's dangerous. That all went away. Because AOL made it comfortable. And so CoinMetro is, is, is trying to be the AOL. What AOL was to the, to the initial kind of internet bubble, that's what we want to be for the like, future of finance. Meaning all these crypto things are great. There's so much things that crypto can do other than just an investment vehicle. There's so many things that it can do to better the way money moves, the, way, the, the cost behind moving money, uh, the, the speed, the accuracy. 
the ability to reclaim funds when they were sent, when they were stolen, all these, there's so, and there's many more to that, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. But many people have this idea that if they don't understand it, they can't use it. And that is kind of silly because if I ask 20 listeners right now, how does the internet work? Uh, 19 probably wouldn't be able to explain it. Uh, if I asked them how their car worked when they put the key in the ignition, most people, at least half, wouldn't be able to explain it. If I asked how a blender worked, literally from, a, from an electrical standpoint, most people wouldn't be able to explain it. But they use these things every day because at some point you realize you, you lose the fear. And so that, that's our goal. Our goal is to create a user experience that makes that, may, that you'll end up using crypto. You may have a debit card, an NFC, uh, you, know, you may use Apple Pay. You may just be having your American Express points transferred over to your Walmart card so you can buy a t-shirt and not have to pay cash for it. But all those things will happen on the back of distributed ledger technology. They will all be underpinned by some form of token. And that's CoinMetro. So right now, obviously, we offer you know crypto services. We're about to offer Challenger Bank services. We have passive income uh, you know, systems. We're, we're, gonna, we're about to launch even more. And slowly but surely get to this point where people can come in for different services. Maybe they need a debit card. Maybe they want to deposit their paycheck. Maybe they want to get uh, you know, involved in some form of investment. Whatever that is, it's going to end up becoming tokenized and digitized in the future. And we want a place that everybody has access to everything, that it's not just the rich, that everybody can gain access and try to, make, try to create wealth for their family, for their future, and do so in a, a safe environment, have a community aspect behind it so it's fun, engaging, um, and with customer support that when you actually talk to somebody, you get an answer. That's it. So Coin Metro is the AOL for crypto minus all the CDs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least AOL er, late early two thousands, late nineties. Obviously, AOL is a whole AOL. At least for online, doesn't even exist anymore, right? I mean, I don't think oh, anybody. Yes, it does. I well, still know uh, well, people who have AOL addresses. That's true. <laughs> I still have an email address that I logged into for the first time. It, you know, it's the first email address I ever had. I, well, I had a CompuServe one, I think, before that, but it's the first one I really used in any way, shape, or form with friends. And it's the dumbest. I won't even tell you what the name is because you know when you're it was the dumbest name. It's so embarrassing. But I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people have embarrassing AOL names. That's for sure. It does exist. But I mean in the same way, not so much. You know, there, you don't have you're not logging in through an ISP of sure. AOL for the most part. You're not you're not, you know, it, so that that experience has gone away. But yes, they still provide services. That's that's for sure. <laughs> well Kevin, wow, this has been mind-blowing, so informative. And I, you know, we've talked about so much, but what do you want somebody who's listening right now, what do you want them to remember that the takeaways about investing in crypto and, and Bitcoin and all coins? If you could have, you know, a couple of points that you really want them to keep fresh in their mind, what would those be? Sure. Um, I, I think things that people need to remember is that don't focus so much on that crypto is different. Focus on the opportunity that crypto provides, because in reality, it's not different. Um, it may be a different vehicle. So the assets you're buying may be delivered to you in a different manner. Um, the interfaces may look a bit different. But at the end of the day, investing is investing and a market is a market. And if you look back on history, there are definitely markets that were nuanced and failed. It's happened. But I think we're at the point where we can safely say that in general, the crypto market or the market for digital assets, or I mean, even look at NFTs and et cetera, that may be a fad, but I can guarantee you that NFTs in the future will be a thing. 
And so, you know, looking at looking at it from a, a macro perspective, there are lots of opportunities. So don't worry about the opportunities that you've already missed because you, you're never, you're, there's no time. There may be a time machine, but I, I don't have one. Maybe you do. If you do, thanks. Uh, great. You know, go back in time and, and have at it. But most of us don't. So don't worry about what you've missed, but, but understand that this is, an oppor- this is an opportunity that most generations have never seen to this, to this extent. And you, you should look into it. You should have some piece of your portfolio, some way, shape, or form inside crypto. If not, you, you are missing out. You may, I'm not saying you're missing, you missed the boat, but you are missing out in some way, shape, or form. Don't be scared by things that you may not fully understand because you use those things and you've probably invested money into those things in the past without even realizing it. So, you know, look at this with look at this market with open 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 eyes and, and an open mind. Do some research, get comfortable, but it is probably the biggest opportunity in terms of potential um, wealth generation that literally we've seen ever, I would say almost in modern finance for anybody to get into. There's definitely been there's definitely been similar opportunities for certain people throughout the history of modern finance. But for everyone, I, I couldn't name you one, not a single one that's existed that has the potential to change your life the way that crypto does. I know many people that have, you know, come into this market with little to nothing and now are, you know, well, millionaires uh, and, and, and several times over. And so that doesn't mean now don't that doesn't mean that you that you're just going to you know throw some money in the air and automatically no it does require work it requires diligence it's going to require some fingernail biting perhaps and some hand sitting uh, because that's what investing is about um, but spend the time take a little time do some research read up um, you know there are people out there willing to help there are pulling out people out there willing to um, you know help you along the way and, and give you some advice and yeah I would say that just just pay attention. Don't, don't wait, don't keep waiting because life will pass you by. There's only so many opportunities in life. And I think this is one of them. It's the reason why I left a profitable business to go into a business that I had no idea at the time that would even exist in a few years. Um, and some people have a hard time taking those time type of risks. And I'm not saying drop everything unless you're, you're, you feel comfortable doing that. Not that I would advise to do it. Um, but you know, th- there's a lot of opportunity here. And don't let everyone else, uh, you know, pick up that opportunity. You, sh- you should you should try and get some for yourself, even if it's very small. You don't need to invest big. You just need to invest smart. Wow. Well, I, I'm sure you've made quite uh, a lot of fans <laughs> from this episode. I would love for you to tell anyone listening, if, if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out more about CoinMetro, how do they do that? Sure. So you can actually reach out to me directly on Twitter. So you can tweet me at Kevin Murko, uh, K-E-V-I-N-M-U-R-C-K-O. I have the same, basically almost on every platform. I'm not a Facebook guy. I'm, I think I'm too old and bald for Facebook, but um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't generally use Facebook, but I do have an account. You'll find me on there, but I probably won't respond. Uh, but definitely Telegram because it's pretty much where everybody in crypto is. So I, I, I've, I've, I've used Telegram now for, for years. Uh, Twitter for sure. CoinMetro can be found on all platforms at CoinMetro. You can head over to CoinMetro.com. We literally have 24-7 chat support, 365 days a year in multiple languages. You can chat with someone. You can ask questions. Um, you can contact me directly and ask questions. I, I literally do spend at least two hours of my day every day sending voice messages to people 
and responding to questions. And I, I will continue that. I have an AMA, by the way, every Friday. I do that on YouTube. You can find it by, go, by going to Coin Metro. You can ask our support or just do a little Googling. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, it's, it's one hour every Friday. I do it religiously, been doing it for three years. You can ask me literally anything. doesn't even have to be about crypto. It can be about literally anything. Um, though most of the questions are about crypto or investing or capital markets or regulation or something around those lines. Um, but there are other people like me that are willing to help. I, I think crypto has a great community in general. There are some trolls out there, but generally speaking, it really is a place that embraces newcomers on the whole. And uh, I'm willing to help you guys out uh, and help you along your way. I think I do believe in, you know, doing good deeds leads to good, you know, good things come back to you. I've had that happen a million times in my life. Um, so I'm definitely here if anybody has any questions and, uh, and wants to, you know, pick my brain. Okay. What do you think? I mean, I think that Kevin's knowledge of crypto just really blew my mind. And in fact, he very generously offered to come back as a guest often and update us all on the crypto happenings, hot trends, and so much more. So hopefully we have that to look forward to. But it definitely looks like crypto is here to stay. So remember to come back here next Tuesday for our next crypto interview in this series. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with some friends right now so they can learn as well. Also, remember to hit that subscribe and follow button in your podcast player so you'll never miss an episode. And be sure to head to our show notes for all the links to our episode sponsors, our guests, and so much more. I'll see you here in a few days for a new episode, and I hope you have the best day ever. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Hi, this is Elton John here. Throughout my US tour last year, we heard from thousands of fans that financial security and financial planning are hugely important to them. So important that David and I are continuing this vital conversation into 2023. Together with the Alliance for Lifetime Income, I'm spreading the word about the importance of protected income, which is money you're guaranteed to get. Like me, I'm sure you have big plans for your next chapter. Protected income from an annuity helps ensure you have all your bases covered so you can have the financial freedom to tick off your bucket list. The first step is to decide what's on your bucket list. Then meet with your financial advisor to ask if you have protected income and get their help making a plan that fits your unique financial goals. Join me and my friends at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Together, we can help make financial freedom in retirement a reality for more Americans, starting with you. Go to protectedincome.org today. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.